Hello and welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, streaming live from Queens, New York. We're really glad that you decided to join us today. Whether you're a member, attend regularly, or this is your first time with us, we want to let you know we appreciate you. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Welcome in the beginning. Welcome. My name is Craig Herbert. It's a privilege to be the pastor here. Uh, I always love Sundays. It's great to see a full theater. If you came in during worship and you weren't able to find a place, uh, we'll try and work out a system where everyone... Uh, we don't want you to feel like you're, moving, you're coming into the middle of a, 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 a movie and you have to just... cinema and you have to just try and find a space. We, we might be tight for space and those are good problems to have, but uh, we will try and make sure that everyone feels welcome and comfortable. If you weren't here last week, we had a, a family uh, service where we were able to just um, worship together. Uh, we had all the kids with us, and um, it was a good Sunday for us. And uh, just filling in, if you weren't here, we've been praying for uh, quite some time. Myself and my wife, we came from South Africa to plant a church in Kew Gardens. And uh, in about May, we met up with Journey Church and... We, God was, was in that, in the sense that, uh, I got offered the opportunity to take on the leadership of Journey Church and combine the two church. And after praying and getting visas sorted and all of those kind of things, um, it's an absolute honor to be able to lead this church, uh, into the future. So, um, myself and my wife, uh, were officially prayed for last week if you weren't here. And the only reason why I tell you that is so we can celebrate. So if you're wanting to complain to someone, don't complain to me. No, if you want to find out more, please come speak to me. Um, if you're just wanting to know more about Journey Church and sort of where we go, we just shared some, around some of the vision that we feel God's got for us in this next season. Uh, we're excited. Uh, we really do feel that this is God that's led us here. And he's brought us here together. Um, yeah, so we're excited for the future. Um, and if you want to find out or get to know us more, just come chat to us after the meeting. There's two two sort of announcements, events that I want us to take note of. Uh, women, it's not too late. Today, after the meeting, they are doing a brunch, a, a little a get-together. Uh, all the ladies are going to go out um, and meet at the venue. Uh, they're going to be doing a craft. and It's one of those moments where you can just build relationships. Maybe you come to church and you're not too sure... Uh, who's who and you haven't met anyone these are great moments where you're able to meet someone there's a whole bunch of ladies that will be jumping on the train so if you don't know how to go just find someone my wife was yeah she's wearing the exact same top as me except it's white uh, we did not plan that it just happens when you get ready before your wife she tends to copy you because she's just amazing so um so you can find her and uh, she can if you want more information you can scan that code quickly uh, it's a great opportunity. I know uh, maybe you had plans to do other things today, but uh, this might be God interrupting your day and giving an opportunity just to just to uh, be there. Can I just, if I don't do this and don't set an alarm, uh, I will we'll be missing the ladies' event because I'll be preaching too much. Sorry. There we go. And then another one is a, a, a organization that we sort of work with. Uh, it's called Faith and Fitness in New York City. Uh, it might be your thing. You might enjoy uh, working up a sweat. We did an event earlier in Howard Beach at a, at a CrossFit gym. We just did a workout on a Friday night to hang out. But we're going to be doing a ruck. Uh, what is that? It's just if you have a, a, a backpack and you put some weights in it 
It's just to go walk through the forest again, build some friendship, uh, have have uh, get a bit of a sweat on, and then uh, we'll probably have uh, lunch. It depends on if we get lost in the forest, then it might be dinner. But uh, we plan to stay on track. But if you'd like to join us, that's going to be next week Saturday. We're going to meet at Forest Park, and we're just going to go through the uh, through the the forest. That you don't have to walk with with a a weighted vest or with uh, a backpack if you just want to come and join us kids are welcome uh, it's a it's a great place if you have a dog i have a dog and our dog absolutely loves going for a walk there so if you just want to get some fresh air take advantage of the good ish weather until it gets really bad um a great opportunity next week saturday just to get involved awesome so we are busy doing a series if you haven't been around for I don't know how long it's been, but uh, we're looking through the book of Acts, sort of the beginning of the book of Acts, starting at chapter 1. Uh, we have got as far as chapter 2, verse 42, and we're really just looking at the foundations of the church. Uh, Jesus came, and he was on earth, and he taught about his kingdom, and he, he spent a lot of time with his disciples explaining the kingdom of God. And then he decides, or he doesn't decide, he knew that this was going to happen, uh, after he is uh, crucified, he's in the grave, he rises up. And now the, the disciples are like, what do we do? Because Jesus is gone. We've, we've left everything to follow him. Now he's gone. That's a bit, what do we, what do, we do now? And uh, he tells them to wait in Jerusalem. At the end of his, his, uh, his time with them, he says, just wait in Jerusalem and explains about the Holy Spirit. And he says, the Holy Spirit is going to be poured out. And in the Acts 1 verse 8, we see the Holy Spirit poured out. And then Jesus ascends into heaven. And now the, a whole bunch of people get saved after the gospel's preached. And they come to the disciples, or they come to the apostles. They come to all the, uh, to the, the, um, the apostles at the time. And they say, what do we do now? Now that we saved, there wasn't churches we know. That it wasn't like they could jump onto Google and be like, churches around me. Churches that have you know, whatever your demographic is or if you have kids or no kids or whatever it is they weren't able to google back then so really it was the start of the church and now if the book of acts had to carry on we would be part of that because the church has started and it's going to be carrying on until jesus comes back uh we said in the end of revelation so really the instructions to the church in the beginning uh, we just want to look at that and say those are the things we want to fight for we don't want to we don't want to do things in church and fill our calendars with random meetings just for the sake of saying we've got all these ministries and all these meetings. If it's in the Bible, we want to do it. If they gave time to pray and they gave time to uh, uh, be in each other's homes and have meals and, and break bread together, we want to do that. And we want to fight the busyness of New York and the busy schedules we all have and say, how can we make biblical culture override and, 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 and be above the busyness of life so we can see Jesus in everything we do. Amen? Amen. So we spent four weeks looking at Acts 2 verse 42. Uh, it spoke about they devoted their lives to the apostles' teaching, which is the word, breaking of bread, which is making Jesus, the centrality of Jesus in, in when they broke bread in the sense of everything. Uh, prayer the importance of praying together and the last one i've just hit a blank apostles teaching breaking up bread oh fellowship being together the importance of us being together as a church uh, and why that is important and now 
after verse 42, there's this sort of, uh, the, the rites of Acts is describing the effects of, we looked at this word in Acts 2 verse 42, devoted. It's things that we really need to apply ourselves in. We need to force them into our calendar. If you're devoted to gym, you'll wake up at ridiculous hours of the morning and uh, you'll go do that. You'll make space in your, in your day to do that. If you're devoted to whatever else it is, you'll make space. So we're saying, well, we want to devote ourselves. We want to make space in our lives, in our calendars for Jesus, for his word, for fellowship, for, for all the things that we see there. This, uh, this community was filled with awe. We see there were signs, wonders, and miracles. All of these things brought the ch church together. And then we see in Acts 45. Sorry, let me just go there. Let me watch from, from Acts 2 verse 43. Let's, let's go there. It says, And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all and any who had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. There's this outworking of this Acts 2 verse 42 that we see that all came upon every soul. There were signs, wonders, and miracles being done. And that all believers had everything in common. Now, did that everything in common? Now, if you, if you, if you push pause there and you look a little bit further back at the beginning of, uh, of, of Acts, the Holy Spirit was poured out and they were speaking in different tongues. They didn't, re they didn't recognize each other's languages. So when it says they had all things in common, it's not meaning they all looked the same. It's not meaning they had the same language. It's not meaning they had the same culture. Jerusalem was a very multicultural place in that time. It said when they had all things in common, it meant that kingdom culture superseded their cultures and that's what was celebrated. Not one race is more superior than another one, or one culture is better than another one, or my language is better than your language. No, kingdom culture supersedes everything. And it says, and day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they receive their food with glad and generous hearts. That's what we are focusing on today, is this glad and generous hearts. I know if I look at my own life, and I'm going to be vulnerable on our behalf, Glad and generous probably doesn't describe how I live my life. Generosity, I think, is something that the world wants, but we only get when we celebrate Jesus and, and godly culture. So generosity, what, is, what, is, what does this mean? Now, automatically when we say generosity, we think money. And it, it, it is, and I'm, I'll explain later, uh, why it is something more than that. But the title of today's message is, What Do You Treasure? What Do You Treasure? Jesus uses money often in the Bible, most, mostly all the times in the Bible when he speaks about money, he uses it not to deal with money, but more to say, 
It's a, it's, it's a, it's, it uses, when he challenges money and speaks about money, he's actually speaking about a heart. He's saying these are the things, so you can replace money with, uh, you know, everyone says, well, money and being rich is bad because it's the root of all evil. No, no, it's, it's anything else that separates us and gets between us and Jesus is the root of all evil. Anything that we put between us and Jesus and us being generous and treasuring Jesus and as God impacts us, we can be generous to each other as we see in Acts 2 verse uh, uh, 43 to 45 is the problem. So last week, one of the values that we really wanted to see into the future is that uh, we want people to, we want everyone to get involved. We don't want to treat this as a church where we spectate and we just watch church happen. We really, one of the things we want to fight for and trust for is that we can participate in what God's doing. Amen. We all have different gifts, we all have different talents. And we want to bring those together and say it's not about one preacher or one person. Yes, someone has to preach. Someone has to sing. Thank God it's not me singing. Else we would have all left already. Maybe you say, thank God you're not preaching. I don't know. Depends where you are. But uh, we all have different gifts and talents. There are people right now that are busy teaching our kids. And I want you to say this all together. Thank God it's not Craig. Else your kids would not come back. Thank you, Sophros. You're very passionate about that. <laughs> but we all have gifts and talents. So when you speak about, we need to participate, we need to get involved. You speak about it in three ways. Time, talent, and treasure. So time, we all have time, right? What are you doing with it? It's okay, yes. In, in, in our calendars, we separate the well, Sunday's the day that we go to church. So that's the time. But I feel like God wants to invade all of our time. Not so we can tick boxes and say, well, it's just about doing church or going to church. No, it's about giving our time and saying, God, I have 24 hours a day, I have seven days a week. We got an extra hour last night. That's why everyone's happy. There's not as much coffee in the aisles today. But what are we doing with that time? If you see Jesus' life, Jesus was on his way somewhere and there were the interruptions where people wanted to encounter him. There were interruptions where people were desperate just to touch his cloak and get healed. I feel like now it's the opposite. Jesus is desperate to encounter us. Desperate to interrupt our lives to say, I want to use you. It's not about doing, it's, the time isn't about just doing what, 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 what journey church requires or they need me to volunteer or they need me to do this or they need me to go to a, a prayer meeting or a, or a growth group or whatever it is. It's not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying let's be obedient to God. And if we see a biblical value of praying together, when we, when we, when we have a prayer meeting, we want to be there so we can see God do some amazing things. Time is one of those things. Talents. We all have talents. What are we doing with it? That is probably, if I think about the, 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 uh, the, uh, Jesus teaching, um, I've had a blank today. Teaching all of his little parables. There we go. Thank you. You see, it's a team effort. All the parables in, uh, throughout the gospels, he uses this thing of talent. Is God's given you something. What are you doing with it? Are you burying it in the ground and wasting it? Or are you applying yourself and see God use that and, 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 and use it and to grow his kingdom? Is 
you, I don't know what your talent is. I think hospitality is something that's often overlooked. I know we live in a city that's very jaded and very busy, and we don't like to smile at each other. And if you smile at someone at the subway, they get really worried, and they just avoid you and go to the next, the next cart. But maybe God's given you the gift of just smiling at someone, and you can do that to welcome people. Hospitality is a good thing. Having a cup of coffee and just welcoming someone. And, and like my, my wife shared that scripture in worship is feeling like we're part of a family. Not just attending a service. I don't know where you act. I don't, one of the, 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 the reasons why we want to find out if you want to become part of us, I think membership is probably the, the wrong word, but it's the only word that English lets us use. Uh, we could probably use another word, but when we find that word, we'll use it. But being a member is not about you have rights and you have this. No, being a member is you have gifts, and how can I use that in seeing God establish something here in Forest Hills? Whatever your talent is. Amen? Amen. And then treasure. That's where... That's where the church can preach on anything else, but don't speak about money. Where are we going? Why? Because when Jesus speaks about it, it's always equates to our hearts. Now, I know on the scale of churches, there's some churches that you go to uh, where every single day, uh, every single Sunday, before they ask for the offering or tithes, there's a you know, half an hour sermon of why you need to give and how your giving's attached to your salvation and all of that. We are never going to become that. And we never want to become a church that is too scared to speak about anything. We want to be a church that if it's in scripture, we want to speak about it from a scriptural perspective. Right? Right? No. Around the world and around many church circles... There's anxiety around finances. There's actually a phobia. It's called, I don't even know if I should try and pronounce this because you guys are just going to laugh at me. Penia, penia phobia. God, you didn't laugh at me. Well done, guys. Penia phobia is the fear of spending money or falling into poverty. So it's the fear of either not having money or having I don't know if you can have a, money, a problem like this. Having too much money, you don't know what to do with. I would probably like to have the one, the, the, the latter one. But it's this fear around finances. It's this, 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 this fear of I might not ever have enough. For me, that is a fear that speaks right into we will never have enough without Jesus. So the, 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 uh, Solution then is Jesus, and then that fear goes away. Matthew 6 verse 26 says this. It says, look, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet the heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? Sometimes our anxieties around finances, our anxieties around whether we'll have or don't have, Really, a, a, a way the enemy you, wants to just distract us from understanding the value we have in Christ. That you are more valuable than 
a, a, a bird. You're more valuable than this world that God takes care of, the grass, all of those kind of things. Luke 12, verses 32 to 34 says this. It says, Fear not, little flock. Sorry, flock. <laughs> For it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. That's a tough scripture. Because now is the, is, the, is the demand on us just to sell everything? We can see Jesus teaches about it. We can see in the book of Acts that they sold everything. There was no one needy amongst us. But I don't believe that's what Jesus is instructing us to do. I don't believe, uh, again, that's why uh, Jesus is speaking about a heart. He's speaking about a heart that we need to have. And there's three principles that I want to sort of highlight in this, in this heart of I guess you can apply it to any one of those three, time, treasure, uh, time, talents, or treasure. And again, Jesus uses treasure to expose our hearts and see where our hearts are at. And the first principle is this. Storing up heavenly treasures. Luke 18, verses 18 says this. It says, And a ruler asked, they asked Jesus, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. And he said, all these I have kept from my youth. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, one thing you still lack. Sell all you have and distribute to the poor. And you will have treasures in heaven. And come follow me. So Jesus, this rich young ruler, he had everything. He had followed the law. He had followed everything from a young, from a, from, from a young man. He had followed everything to the T. But Jesus, Jesus challenges him on one aspect, on selling up everything. And this is how he responds. He says, but when he heard these things, he became very sad, for he was extremely rich. Jesus, seeing that he had become sad, said, How difficult is it, is it for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God? For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard it said, Then who can be saved? But he said, What is impossible with men? Is possible with God. So now your argument might be, well, well, Craig, I'm not, I'm not rich. I'm not, I don't have as much as this guy does, this rich young ruler. And that might be true, but I, I think if you look at scales in this world, you, if, if you have a home, if you have at least two meals a day, if you have a job, you're probably richer than most of. The third world. So if we had to look at it from those kind of perspectives, we'd probably realize we actually all are rich. We actually all have, uh, God has blessed us. But more than that, let's push it all aside. 
Jesus is highlighting the fact that if anything, if you're holding on to anything above Jesus, you're not prepared to give that thing up. You're missing out. Could be family, could be your job, could be finances, could be your ability to, I don't know, do your, your, your talent that God's given you. If that gets between you and God, you're not storing up treasures in heaven. You're worrying about treasures on earth. And we need to focus on, on what we're storing up in heaven. When we have the attitude of heart of, I'm willing to lay down everything for the sake of what God's called me to do, and for what he, he has, has commissioned us to do. And if you don't know what that is, well, let's read the book, let's read the Bible and find that out. Go into all the world and make the, and make disciples. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and love your neighbor as yourself. There's two massive, um, 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 riverbanks in place to guide us and lead us into everything. So the, 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 the first principle is storing up heavenly treasure is if anything, is getting in the way of this. We're missing out. Heavenly treasure is a godly life. It's an inheritance that God has for us. It's, it's working at our salvation so we can be glorified with Jesus. Don't we want to do that? The second one is excel in the grace of giving. We want to excel in our jobs, we want to excel at our talent, we want to excel at making money, we want to excel in our, in our, in our spiritual life. We want to excel in everything, which is a good thing. But if we look and if we look at 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 uh, 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 the example of Acts 40, uh, 43 to forty five, there's this excel in the in, in in the grace of giving, excel in the grace of being generous. Two Corinthians eight verses one to seven, um, and it says this. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in severe tests of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they have gave according to their means. There's this heart attitude that, that, that Paul commends the church in Macedonia. They didn't have much. They were a poor church. They weren't doing well. But there's this joy. There's abundance of joy in the extreme poverty that they gave what they could because their hearts weren't controlled by anything except extreme generosity. So if we want to do this, let's, let's focus, let's excel in, in the grace that God's given us. The grace that's been poured out into our lives because of salvation. That grace is available to us to give. And it's to give not just, again, it's not just a money thing. It's give of your time. It's give of your talents. It's give of your treasure. Is if we're not holding on to these things and God has given them to us, we're willing to be generous with them. The third principle is sowing and reaping. This is not a guilt trip now to say you have to sow and you have to do this and you have to do that. It's an understanding, again, 2 Corinthians 9, uh, verses 5 to 15. I'm going to pick it up in verse 8 and it says, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. 
So what Paul's writing to, to the church in Corinth about is if you sow kingdom fruits, you're going to reap kingdom fruits. Seems like my wife's heard this before. If you sow into the kingdom of God, if you sow into your salvation, we spent the whole of summer looking at summer fruits and looking at the fruits of the Spirit. If you sow those things, if you plant that fruit, what are you going to reap? Kingdom fruit. So when it comes to your time, the time you give to serve God, for God to invade your space, the, 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 the way you use your, tra- your, your, your talents and you give that to the kingdom of God, the way you use your finances and your treasures and the way you give that to God, it will result in reaping kingdom results. And that might not be on this earth. You might say, well, well, I'm still broke. I still don't have. I still, I still need. I still all of these things. Well, you might, in re- you might reap an inheritance in heaven. It might be knowing God more. That, 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 that rich young ruler was desperate to be saved. He was desperate to serve God. He was desperate to follow God. And what did God demand of him? To sow. Because he knew finances was a thing that was getting between him and following Jesus. What is the thing that's getting in between you following Jesus? Maybe God's asking you to sow that. So there's different ways of looking at salvation. When we are saved, and I've shared this before, you are justified. The moment you've given your heart to the Lord, you're justified for your sins. There's this, uh, then when you finally die and go to heaven, you're glorified. You, in glory, you see Jesus uh, in, in all glory. It makes sense. All the questions we have are suddenly answered. It's a picture that Moses had when he saw God's back. And it wasn't him. He was just full with God's glory and he glowed. But in between these two places, there's this place called sanctification. It's where we try to become more like Christ. It's where our sinful nature needs to be crucified. And when it says, pick up your cross daily and walk, it's that moment of saying, okay, I'm not saying yes to my sins. I'm saying yes to Jesus. I'm saying yes to godliness. I'm saying yes to godliness in the way I love my wife, the way I... uh, Pastor the church, the way I look after my kids, the way I conduct my finances, the way I, uh, the friendships I have, all those things, I'm trusting for God's sanctification so I become more like Him. So what does sanctified finances look like? If we apply sanctification, we applied it to our lives in looking at summer fruits, what does it look like when our, when our finances are sanctified? The first thing is we're obedient with our tithes to our local church. Is if this is your church, if you if you if you're a member of this church, let's be obedient with the tithes that and the tithes that we need to we need to give to the church. Now, the tithing and and, and that is a whole another separate um, um, sermon that we we can we can deal with. But if you have a problem with tithing, come speak to me, because you're not doing it for me and you're not doing it for journey. You're doing it because you want to be obedient to God. So if you want to be obedient to God and want to apply sanctification to our finances and to our treasures, let's be obedient with our tithe. It's not donating to organizations or to, to, to things outside of the church. It's where you are spiritually fed. The second thing is generous towards people with need. The church has a responsibility to look after aliens, orphans, um, destitutes, 
down and out. There should be a, 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 a part of us that if we had to get up on a Sunday and say, we have, uh, there's been a, a, a massive issue that we need to give into. Maybe it was a fire. Let us, let us take up an offering generously to go help those families. Or even if there's orphans amongst us or, or widows amongst us, there should be a heart of generosity to say, I want to use my finances to help that because that's what the church is there for. It's a practical way where the, where the church can be, um, on mission with Christ and generous it, both internally in the church and externally. The next thing is giving towards mission is it's not giving towards giving towards mission is giving towards seeing the gospel go out. So we are a church that loves Jesus and wants to see the gospel go out into uh, Forest Hills, into Rigo Park, into Kew Gardens, into the rest of Queens and where we find ourselves and hopefully into the rest of America as well as the ends of the earth. It's a it's a godly principle. And we want to give towards that. We want to give towards the missions. We want to give towards seeing the gospel go out. And the next thing, with all of those two summed up with the next one, is we want to display integrity and good stewardship of the money that God's given us. So understanding that God gives us everything. Yes, you worked hard and yes, you have a job, but it's God that's provided that all. And what we do it is we want to we want to be we want to we want to show integrity and we want to have be a good steward of what God's given us. We want to use what God's given us the right way. Now, when any one of those four things, if you have if there's a if there, if there's a check in your heart or you want to discuss it further, please come speak to me. We don't we don't want to we don't have a a closed door door policy on anything. We are open. Uh, yeah, and we want to we want to have honest conversations around this. And uh, if if again, if tithing or generosity or uh, or giving is is a they biblical principles, and like I say, we can do a series on all of those things. Um, if you want to know how to be more integrous or good steward of your money, we have tools and we have uh, uh, studies that you can go through to be able to just uh, maybe sharpen up on those skills. But these are these are things we see in scripture. I'm dealing with generosity on the full spectrum trying to do it today. And, uh, and yeah, I know some things I've probably bounced over. Maybe we need to spend a little bit more time, but I'd rather leave it up to say, if you want to have a conversation about these things, let's, let's grab a coffee and we can, and we can discuss them. Amen. Amen. If we go back, verse 47 of Acts 2 says, praising God, and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers day by day those who were being saved. Everything is in context of those. We were, I would love it if we all we do is we praise God. We have favor outside of this building. And people are being saved day by day. That's what we do. When we give financially, when we give with our talents, when we give with our treasures, when we give with our time. It's always to see people get saved. It's always in, in the term of Jesus and his kingdom. Amen. Amen. So in closing, um, we, we haven't, we haven't done a, a, a sort of a budget a report back. Just wanting to be, if you're a member at this church, it's important for you just to know what's going on and how to pray. We're just going to do that quickly. Uh, 
again, it's not, uh, the budget's not what we're worried about. We're worried about people responding to God. We know God will take care of this, and our testimony personally is we've seen God provide in ridiculous ways. He's provided when uh, we thought we didn't need, um, but we just want to let you guys know as members so you can pray with us and we can all deal with this. So our budgets this year, we, we're aiming for 300000 if we need to keep everything going. Uh, currently, from the first nine months, we've received 137000 Um we're a little bit down from where we were last year in, in giving and seeing, uh, seeing money come in. We understand times are changing. We understand that the, it's, uh, uh, life is getting more expensive and not the same as it was. The, the benefits of this all is God had provided an amazing uh, uh, a cushion of $107,000 that we had in savings. And we were able, we've been able to draw from that. It's obviously we don't want to run that down. And currently it's at 57,967. But we were able to use that. There has been, um, uh, like I said, life has happened. We've ran, we've run a couple of events and we have to dip into the savings. Um, but we are trusting God that we can meet that 300,000 for the rest of the year. We trust in God that, uh, that He's able to provide um, with us. Are we saying this now because we're going to lock the doors and until we get all this money from you, we're not going to let you out. No, we're saying this so you know where we're at, so we can respond in, th- in four ways. We can pray about it. We can be committed to what's, what God's doing. If you want to get involved and help and give, do that and be part of the process. Be part of what God is doing. Uh, there's a process that God is doing. Transitions cost money. It costs it costs money to transition families in and out and all of that. Um, this is something that we were aware of, that the board's aware of, and we're just wanting to make our people aware of it so we know how to pray. Okay? We're not begging for money. We're not begging you for money. We know God's got it. We know God's in control. We are, we are, we are, the reason why we're sharing this with you now is next week we have, uh, we're going to announce we've got uh, some great, uh, missions, Christmas missions that we want to give into because we want to do some things next year. As well as in the early early parts of next year, we're going to present a new budget. And as we are looking at that, we're saying, okay, God, the, the financial climates of everyone has changed. When you go buy a loaf of bread, it's suddenly a little bit more expensive. And we want to adjust our budgets as we can. We don't want to, you know, expect all of this and just be, again, like I said, and those things that we challenged you with being, uh, integrous and, and being good stewards, we want to do exactly the same thing. And we want to be open and honest of where we're at and what we're trusting for. Why? So we can pray. Amen? Amen. So we can get behind and pray. And if, if, if again, if, if godly principles are not what you're practicing, come speak to us if you need help. Or, or do, uh, do the right things and put the checks and balances and start tithing, start giving if you need to do that. Be generous. But we didn't do this just to now, uh, you know, preach to the, to your wallets and get the money out of your wallets and into the offering baskets. No, we spoke about the heart. If our heart is right and we get up and we say, there's a church that's been planted in, uh, in a story and we want to bless them for the first year, there's a generosity to say, the gospel's going out and we get to be part of that. So let's give into that. Right? Amen. Amen. Awesome. So in closing, uh, I don't know why I did this because now it's, you think I'm doing this, I'm not. But in closing, 
you were given envelopes. We take up the offering at the end of the meeting. Uh, if you want to give, please feel free to give. Uh, if you want to find out more information, uh, fill in your cards. Uh, you can drop those in the blue buckets at the back on the way out. Uh, yeah, we, we just wanting to give you opportunities to give. If you want to, there's a slide. If you want to scan a QR, it'll take you to the online, um, and you can give there. Uh, but this is an opportunity that we want to give those who are members at the church. If you are visiting, don't feel pressure. If you're visiting and you want to give, thank you very much. Um, but we are here to celebrate Jesus, to celebrate his kingdom. And, uh, we have to keep the lights on. We have to rent this building. And even in that, if you know of a building that's bigger than this, that's cheaper than this, please let us know. We would love that, please. If we can save some money and get into a bigger facility, we would, we would really appreciate that. But we know God has got us. We know God is in control and uh, we're going to look to him and we're going to worship him. Okay. Can I pray with us? I'm sorry. I've, I've gone a little bit over time. Lord God, we thank you so much for an opportunity to come together and worship you. Another opportunity to look at the book of Acts and say they were devoted to so many things that their hearts were just moved to generosity. Hearts to, to sell up everything, to give everything, to see the gospel impact that region. And I pray something of that will grip our hearts. We desperately want to see the gospel impact our neighbors, impact our schools, impact our, our workspaces, impact this community. We're desperate to make much of Jesus and we're desperate to see his gospel go out. And I pray, Lord God, that as we assess our own lives, as we'll look at everything and say we want to get involved, we want to participate in what God's doing with this local church. I pray we'll apply these principles into time, into all the talents that you've given us, into the treasures, Lord God. This is not a, a us preaching and, and, and we must just do. No, it's all of us together, all looking at how we can better be good stewards and, and, and work with integrity in every part of our lives. We love you, our King. Be with us today. Give us a wonderful, wonderful week. Amen. Amen.